It's one of the top five health staples that we've covered often on this podcast. But Dr. Peter Atia, Canadian-American physician, known for his medical practice that focuses on the science of longevity, says that exercise might be the most potent drug we have for extending the quality and perhaps quantity of our years of life. Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast, where we bridge the gap between theory and practice with strategies, tools, and ideas we can all use immediately applied to the most current brain research to heighten productivity in our schools, sports environments, and modern workplaces. I'm Andrea Samadhi and launch this podcast to share how important an understanding of our brain is for our everyday life and results. Like you, I'm interested in learning and applying the research to our everyday life. On today's episode, I want to share the research I saw recently to improve fitness, longevity, and overall health with Dr. Peter Atia's work, who was recently featured on Dr. Andrew Huberman's podcast. Dr. Atia has a fascinating origin story as he started his career as a cardiac surgeon and then found he had a heart condition, so he began to dive into the research to see how he could improve the quality of his own life. On today's episode 252 and this week's Brain Fact Friday, we'll take Dr. Atia's advice, look at what he does himself and what he recommends for others he trains, and compare it to how others, like Dr. Huberman's training, and how I've been training. I'm hoping we'll find areas to tweak or improve with Dr. Atia's research in mind that focuses on longevity and overall improvements in health and fitness. The overall goal with this episode is to have all of us use the research to inform our current exercise program, uncover our gaps, and see if there are any ways we can improve what we're doing with longevity research in mind. I wanted to cover this topic as I'm always looking to improve what I'm doing, but I find that when there's so much to do or so many different exercise or nutrition plans to follow, I notice I don't do anything new at all, and I just do the same thing, which changes nothing. The point of this episode is to look at moving our needle even just a little bit and see if there's something we can all do, even if it's a small tweak, to build a better 2.0 version of ourselves to make this year our best year ever, or at least give us a running start at 2023. For this episode, I plan on following Atia's rule, which Dr. Huberman coined that basically addresses the ton of exercise and nutrition advice that's flying around out in the world. The rule says, don't quibble about nutrition or supplementation until you've dialed in your own exercise and strength protocol. And I wouldn't even consider writing this episode if I wasn't putting my own health first using Atiyah's rule as a guide. Dr. Atiyah says that nutrition and health arguments are a waste of time until you've completed a certain set of criteria. He says don't bother unless you can do the following. Dead hang for a minute, wall sit for two minutes, and have a VO2 max of at least the 75th percentile for your age group. 
Before writing this episode, I wanted to be sure that I qualified for Atiyah's rule. Here's how I fared with his criteria. For the dead hang, I had to find a park down the street from my house to try a dead hang, as I've never done one before. In Canada, I remember doing fitness testing for running in school, but I don't remember ever having to hang from a bar to see how long we could do this. When I got to the park, I had to scare away some kids who were on the bars to do this activity. So I set my timer for one minute, and then I just closed my eyes and had to pretend if I let go of the bar that I was going to fall from a skyscraper or something. Maybe it's why they call it a dead hang, so that I could keep going and hit that one minute mark. Dead hangs are as difficult as they sound, and I can see how practicing this skill would increase overall body strength. I felt every muscle in my body shake as I got closer to the end. I did complete this task, but after raving about how I could do this challenge that night at dinner, my kids who both train every night in competitive gymnastics started listing all the kids at their gym who could dead hang for more than seven minutes. And I'm just going to stick to improving my one minute hang one second at a time. So the next challenge was a wall sit, and this one was easy for me even with one injured quad. I was able to sit against a wall at a 90 degree angle for two minutes and switch the weight away from the injured leg when I needed to to complete this criteria. The third one was the VO2 max. I've been watching this number using my iPhone and the activity app. If you're exercising and you're doing cardio, this number should show up under trends. If you're not doing enough cardio to grab this data point, you'll see needs more data next to this item, so you'll just need to keep training and watching this number. My VO2 max currently sits at 37, which is considered superior for my age of 51 and in the top percentile. This is a very important biomarker to track for health and longevity, and we'll cover why a bit later in this episode. So I completed the criteria for Atiyah's rule, and I continued the research for this episode. If you're measuring your workouts, have you ever wondered how your workouts fare compared to what the longevity research says? Have you wondered if your workouts are as effective as they could be? Are you reaching the goals you've set for yourself? And what and how can you improve? While by no means do I consider myself an expert in this area, I'm just someone who puts a high value on health and have been measuring the data with my workouts for the past two years. While tracking my results, I see the same thing every month, so I knew it was time to look at what I was doing to see if I could improve what I'm seeing. Every week I see your strain is overreaching and your sleep fell short. Before we analyze my data, I want to look at Dr. Atiyah's exercise regimen that he's built specifically for optimizing health and longevity. You can learn more about his programs through his website, but here's a quick overview of how he trains. So according to Dr. Peter Atiyah, what's the optimal dose of exercise for longevity? Dr. Atiyah lists a framework on his website that's built on four pillars. Stability, which is the foundation that he notices is often lacking. Then there's strength and muscle mask, aerobic, which is zone two training, and anaerobic, which is zone five high intensity training. His workouts are simple and straightforward. 
It's the research that's intense and a bit more complex. His workouts consist of four sessions a week of cardio, and that's 45-minute sessions, low-intensity zone two, and I put a heart rate chart in the show notes that shows zone two is at 60 to 70% of your maximum heart rate, or exercising where you can carry on a conversation with someone else. He defines zone two in a more in-depth way by saying it's the highest metabolic output or work that you can sustain, like running fast, while keeping lactate below a certain level. And this is where he says most of our time should be spent. He includes a session of VO2 max training a week, which is higher intensity of an hour of higher intensity zone five training. Then he has four strength sessions a week, an hour each. His workouts consist of eight hours in total and seven to nine hours is advised for endurance training. So this is simple and easy to understand. I also thought I'd list what Dr. Andrew Huberman suggests he does for his workouts using science to optimize his physical health to compare. Dr. Huberman's fitness protocols are similar, just laid out more specifically. On Sunday, he does a long endurance workout. On Monday, he does leg resistance or strength training. Tuesday, he does heat and cold exposure for recovery. On Wednesday, he does torso and neck resistance training. Thursday, moderate intensity cardio. And Friday, he does his high intensity cardio at the maximum heart rate, like Atia's zone 5 high intensity training. And on Sunday, he does his arms, calves, and neck training. You can listen to Dr. Huberman's entire episode where he breaks down his fitness protocols to the most clear and granular level, and he does this to optimize health and longevity and references Dr. Atia's research. But for this episode today, I want to give a snapshot of what longevity workouts look like, connecting the research so we can all see if there's something we can do to tweak and improve what we're doing. So what does the research say? This is where it gets interesting. I'm sure we've all heard of different workout routines, and we know if we've seen a trainer that we've got to combine cardio with strength training, then we add in some recent discoveries about heat and cold exposure for recovery. But what exactly does the research say we should know to improve our longevity? Which brings us to this week's Brain Fact Friday. We open this episode with a quote from Dr. Atia that we've all heard before that says that exercise might be the most potent drug we have for extending the quality and perhaps the quantity of our years of life. But did you know that exercise reduces the risk for all-cause mortality or death from all causes? That's from Peter Atia. Research from the National Institute of Health found that compared with taking 4,000 steps per day, which is a number that's considered to be low for adults, taking 8,000 steps a day was associated with a 51% lower risk for all-cause mortality or death from all causes. Taking 12,000 steps a day was associated with a 65% lower risk compared to taking the 4,000 steps. So what caught my attention was when Dr. Atia put all the research into perspective. We know exercise has a huge impact on disease and death from all causes. We know it does something to reduce aging and improve longevity right down to the ends of our telomeres. We know exercise is like a drug and hormones are released that produce neurogenesis and create new brain cells. 
But did you know that if you're a smoker, that you have a 40% increase in the risk of all-cause mortality, which means that at any given time, there's a 40% chance that you'll die compared to a non-smoker. Or if you have high blood pressure, you have a 20-25% to increase in all-cause mortality. Or if you have type 2 diabetes, you've got a 25% increase in all-cause mortality. These numbers are shocking, especially if someone you love suffers from a chronic disease. It caught my attention, especially when high blood pressure was not far off from the all-cause mortality of a smoker. And it made me stop in my tracks and think, what can we do to improve these numbers? So what can we do? Dr. Atia suggests the answer lies with comparing low to high achievers, and the findings are significant. Did you know that low muscle mass people compared to high mass people have a 200% increase in all cause mortality or dying of any cause as they age? And Dr. Atia adds it's less about the muscle mass, but the high association with strength. It's a 250% greater risk if you have low strength to high strength. So the answer from the research is to prioritize strength training and get stronger while keeping an eye on the four pillars of exercise that Dr. Atia mentions, stability, strength, aerobic, and anaerobic training. Dr. Atia goes on to say, if you look at cardiorespiratory fitness, it's even more profound. For the bottom 25% in terms of VO2 max for your age and sex, Compared to people at the top, the elite of any given age, there's a 400% difference in all-cause mortality, which Dr. Atia says is the single most strongest association he's ever seen for any modifiable behavior. So with this research in mind, I know I want to keep doing cardiovascular exercise to keep my VO2 max in the elite superior group for my age, but what else can I do? You can see my September workout results broken down into the framework Dr. Atia suggests for longevity. I spend most of my time with aerobic exercise with an hour and a half hikes daily, mostly in zone three with a strain of 15 to 17 on the device that I use, and that's seven and a half hours a week. For anaerobic exercise, high-intensity training, I usually do that twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, where you see the highest strain level on the device, and that's two hours twice a week, which is four hours. For stability, I've been using Joshua Gillis's Neurofunctional Training Program. We had him on episode 238. His program centers the mind-body connection to release our highest potential. And I found this program difficult to sustain. I'll have him back on the podcast to go over my experience doing the exercises, but they strengthen parts of my body that I don't use often. And I notice it's very challenging. I do this 12 minutes a couple times a week. For strength, I do weight training four times a week with 30-minute sessions using a system created by Vince Sant called V-Shred. I'm not an affiliate of the program, but I've used this system since 2019. And strength is the area I'll leave out when I'm most busy. And according to the research, this is a huge mistake. Looking at the research, can you find your gaps or areas that you'd like to improve? So to wrap this up and review and conclude this week's Brain Fact Friday, 
Did you know that low muscle mass people to high mass people have a 200% increase in all cause mortality as they age? Dr. Atia adds, it's less about the muscle mass, but the high association with strength. It's a 250% greater risk of all cause mortality if you have low strength to high strength. So cutting out my strength training is not something I'm going to do moving forward. I've been following someone named Monica at fit underscore pump on Instagram. She's a phenomenal trainer on physical and mental fitness for new ideas for strength and peak performance training. Don't forget to follow Dr. Atia's work. I put his Twitter link in the show notes, as well as sign up for Dr. Andrew Huberman's newsletter to receive all his workout tips through his website. I put that link as well. Some final thoughts on improving workouts with longevity research in mind. While I do want to keep my VO2 max in the elite or superior range for my age, I can definitely lower my intensity of the daily hikes that are pushing me to see that daily message, your strain is too high and you're not getting enough sleep, as sleep is required to repair the body from those high strain days. Using the research, I plan to spend more time on easier, low-intensity cardio with strength training and just a bit of high-intensity training added in. And I'll use the framework that Dr. Atia created for longevity training in mind that includes aerobic, anaerobic, strength, and stability training. I'd love to know if there is anything in this episode that helped you to tweak your weekly exercise routine with health and longevity in mind please do visit the resources and references in the show notes if you'd like to go deeper into the research we've covered today. I'll see you next week with a returning guest who amazes me with his ability to complete the books he's writing. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next time. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episode. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. <laughs>